What's good, everyone, and welcome back to Citywide Blackout, your home for music, movies, and more. I'm your host, Max Bowen. For this episode, I once again welcome back Matt Jacola of the Boston-based band Jack, and they got some big news to share. Debut album, Shut Up and Be the Light, is set to drop April 15th on CD, digital, and vinyl format. This one has a very personal story behind it. In March 2020, when everyone was avoiding hospitals due to the oncoming pandemic, Jack was heading directly into one. The songwriter had been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the subsequent cancer journey, treatment, and recovery, and everything that happened in the last two years has really shaped the album. In this interview, Matt talks about his mindset two years ago, and why making a new album was such an important goal. He worked with 20 different artists, and we talk about who these people are, and how this massive collaboration happened. Hey everyone, how's it going? Once again, welcome back to the show. It is so cool to have you guys here. Hope you're enjoying life. You know, we see things blooming. We see things coming back. We're seeing, of course, so many shows and festivals being planned. I've heard that Boston Calling is back, which, I mean, that's that's huge, frankly. I think that was actually the first thing, major thing to get canceled in my neck of the woods when COVID first hit. So to see a return is big news, but even bigger, even bigger than that. Sorry, Boston Calling. You can't compare right now. I am joined by Matt Jacola of Jack for his soon-to-be-released album, Shut Up and Be the Light. It's coming out on April 15th in digital, CD, and vinyl format. If you didn't hear that, don't worry. We'll repeat it probably another like 20 or 30 times. Matt, as always, man, it's so cool to have you here, and welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Now, you've been on the show a couple times to talk about the single releases, which were leading up to the album release. So I think the first thing I'm wondering is, after all this lead up, how does it feel to finally have it done? And at this point, we're only about two weeks away from the big release date. Yeah, it feels great. It's um, very, but also it feels very weird. It's kind of uh, a little surreal because I've just been holding on to it for so long. and I've just been you know, I listen to it or I've, I've listened to it many times and working on it, working on the songs. I've just, I know them so well, all the recordings, I've just kind of slaved over them for, for years at this point, actually. So it's kind of crazy to actually put it out and say, listen to this. Yeah, finally, <laughs> exactly. Like, and, and it's, it's like, okay, what am I going to do now? Once it's out there, it's like, okay, now what do I do with myself? <laughs> Yeah, I usually don't have a problem with that part, but uh, I, I, I keep pretty busy. But yeah, it is going to be weird. Um, it's going to be a shift because so much of the energy I've had has gone into this album project, and I've just been working, working, working on it for basically two years. I, I say two years, but some of the songs have been around longer than that, and I count some. I count a lot of that time too. So it's. It's a long time. It's been and it's been a long time since I've actually released a proper album in general with any project. I mean, this is the first Jack um album. It's like a debut um release, but I have released music and albums with other projects, but it's been years at this point since that's happened. So it's really uh exciting to to do it again and I it's I forgot how much like hard work it is to do an album in a way i i remember the probably the last one i did with one of my old bands the binars that was the last um proper album that i did at the end of it i was like oh man that was a lot of work i don't 
think I want to do that uh, for a while. <laughs> and, and then, then fast forward. Behold, yeah, yeah, I'm back doing it um, and having the same feeling right now. Um, but actually, it hasn't been, it's not the same feeling. I'm actually really excited about it. Uh, this, yeah, because this album's really personal and special and something I've put a ton of work into. Not that I didn't before, but it's just, uh, it's a different time in in my life and creative world and everything so exactly you know when i read in the press release that, that this was your debut album i thought wait no it's not i mean we've had on the show like like six or like seven times talk about music and then i thought okay yeah it's a debut album with this project but you've been working on like so many others um does release day get at all i guess like old hat for you given that you've done releases for like different projects in the past um, no, it's always exciting. Um, it's always very complicated too, in terms of, so I, I talk about this with some of my musician friends, um, where, you know, it's, it's hard to describe unless you're, unless you're a musician, although I suppose just any, anybody could understand this, but there's a bit of, um, I, I, I only equate it. I, I hesitate to equate it this way because there's real issues <laughs> that people have with like postpartum depression and things like that. But that's like kind of like how I relate it in a creative sense. Like I do feel like I just kind of like in a creative sense gave birth to something and there's a weird kind of letting go feeling and a weird, very complex emotional thing that goes on, which is kind of like if you're not a musician or an artist, you might not um, understand that. So there's, there's always like a big like there's gonna there's like a high high that happens on release day and leading up to release day and then there's a bit of a come down sometimes after and it's kind of riding that um sort of thing so I would never say it's it's ever old hat it's always interesting it's never it's never the same trajectory sometimes it's it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional time. This is this is my my baby. So exactly, and and yeah. you talk about this being a very emotional time, certainly because really, like as you mentioned, though some of the songs do precede kind of the origin of the album. But I think like the real thinking about this began in March of 2020. COVID has struck. Everything's closed down. Everyone's battening down the hatches, not planning to go anywhere for their foreseeable future. And you find yourself having to go to the hospital because you were unfortunately diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so you're dealing with these two really uh, parallel crises, you know, this large global one and your own personal one. So I like to start by asking um, just sort of where the thought began that you want to do an album. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, totally a crazy time. And honestly, there's, in that time is when I, was thinking about it. I don't know why it struck me during that time. There's other things that you should kind of focus on during that time. Like, you you know, people tell you kind of take it day by day, you know, look, just look at what's in front of you type of thing. But for me, it's always been uh, hard to do that. So I'm always kind of looking for a project. I'm looking, I'm zooming out constantly, looking bigger picture. And that is that quickly became a goal of mine because there was a, an immediate thing in front of me where I was like, oh my God, um, how long is this going to, you know, you don't know how I, you know, the worst case scenario is like, do you make it out of those situations? Whether, whether it's like 
my health situation or like even the COVID thing, it's like we all had those similar feelings of like uh, who, who knows what could happen here. And then to take that, um, I, I realized that I really wanted to do more music and that was just all I wanted in that time. I was like, kind of not, like I said, not thinking about the day-to-day as much as I probably should have. I was really kind of thinking, oh, I just want to get well enough so I can continue working on music because I was just feeling like there was so much I wanted to to say or that I haven't said yet. And I wanted to uh, finally do it. I've been kind of, um, I guess, holding back a lot of stuff for, for years, just creatively and, and uh, I don't know, musically, lyrically, idea-wise, all these things. And just, I wanted to make a document of that. And this album is that. It was, that was what I was thinking about. I wanted it to be kind of this uh, thing that I could look back on and be really proud of. And, and I am proud of it. I'm really excited about it. As well, you should be. And uh, if folks are really hearing your story for the first time, you did beat cancer. You were given a clean bill of health some time back, and that's, and uh, of course, that's that's amazing, man. That's phenomenal news. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I yeah, I just had um, I you know, I go in for like scans every few months, basically, and my la- I'll, they keep coming back completely clean, and um, everything is looking good, good, good. So. <laughs> Which is, of course, the answer you always like want to get. When you go to the doctor, you want it to be the most mundane, boring thing in the world, and nothing goes wrong. Seriously. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy when I, when I leave those, and I'm just like, yeah, nothing dramatic has happened. That's a, that's a good thing. There's, there were enough like, dramatic trips to the, to the doctor in the hospital for me, so I'm good when it's uh, really boring. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, you know, we're definitely going to dive into the sound and the story, but I want to start just with the title, Shut Up and Be the Light. I really like that because my take on it was just do the good thing, you know, be like the positive force out there. But I want to ask you really about what is the meaning behind this and what you hope people kind of take from it. That's definitely, it has a few meanings, I suppose. I, that's definitely a meaning that I think of it as. Um, and you know, to just expand on it, there's, there's also an element of, there's a lot of, um, a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people kind of talking all the time and they don't always do stuff. You know, they just kind of talk, talk, talk. So there's a bit of that spin on it too, where it's, it's, um, you know, shut up and be the light. I don't know. <laughs> just shut up and, and do something instead of, instead of complaining about it or finding something wrong, you know, find, find something right instead and focus on that. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I would say, you know, like there's some people that I know that all they do is complain. And I gotta say, there's nothing for me more toxic than someone who just is always negative. Find something positive, it's possible, but that, yeah, that's just, just my little, like, yeah, brain team for I the have, day. No, no, I have, I have a very similar thing. It's, it's funny you bring it up because I, I have this thing that I do that I actually try not to do, because uh, once I figured it out in life, it really kind of bummed me out, but <laughs> it's this, it's this thing I've picked up on when, when you talk to people, and 
every so often I'll start thinking in the midst of a conversation, I'm like, how much of this is complaining? Just people complaining right now. And you're amazed. You look back on your conversations throughout just like a regular day at how many people were just complaining the whole time, yourself included. You know, we're just constantly complaining about whatever. Big stuff, little stuff, doesn't matter. It's just all complaining. And it's kind of, even me talking about this right now <laughs> is complaining about complaining. So it's really um, a hard thing to like, snap out of yeah and maybe i shouldn't have brought it up at the beginning of a, a podcast where, <laughs> <laughs> where we're listening to our voices very intently but it's very true it is very true yeah. there's that just like circle of complaining you know like and like i said here are complaining about complaining so how about we both shut up and be and be positive so let's talk some more positive stuff here let's talk about the music because this collection it's 12 tracks uh, half of which had been um, released prior to this conversation over the course of several months, um, and really an amazing collection of music. But one thing that really struck me is the diversity of sound. This is not just one thing or another. You have some rock sounds. You have some, like, electro pop. You have some, like, mellow folk tunes. Was that the plan when you decided, okay, I'm going to do an album, or did it sort of come about as you were making the music? Yeah, a little bit of both. So a lot of this stuff that I work on is just whatever I want to work on. You know, if if a song comes to me and it just comes to me and it's, it's not always, um, I don't always think of things in those terms. Like, oh, I want to make a, a rock song or I want to make a, a pop song or a synth pop or, you know, acoustic pop or an R&B song. I don't, I don't really think of things in that way. I just kind of let them come and that's just the sort of like library of songs that I, I had or that I was writing and I just kind of would follow them to whatever they became. And I, I do that a lot when I'm, when I'm writing, when I'm producing stuff, a recording, I, I let the song shape itself a lot more than trying to shape it into something. And I just had stuff that was all over the place. So I knew early on that the album would be that, but I wasn't sure that it would be that. And then once I finally got into it deeper and deeper, I started having these little pockets. I'd have like three or four songs that were all of these similar kind of genre vibe sounds. And I was like, well, I could just put out a bunch of EPs maybe like I could do the rock EP and I could do the, the R and B EP or I could do a synth pop EP or something. And, uh, I realized I didn't really want to do that. I, it, it wasn't for me that being the debut album, I kind of wanted to lay a, a blueprint for myself for future, um, iterations of Jack where I could do stuff like that. So it was important to me now to, go for it and just the blueprint is being eclectic rather than you know you get in you get in the the habit of judging a lot of books by their cover sometimes or or you judge it by the first version of it that you know so if a band puts out a rock song you always think of them as a rock band if it's their first song you heard and and then you're surprised when they do something else but it's like well why should you be surprised there their music they're kind of doing whatever they want to do or what you know. 
so that's that's that was my dilemma with it and and it turned out to not be a dilemma because i just embraced it for the album and Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm glad that came through yeah definitely did it surprise you how diverse it wound up being uh yeah yeah it did um yeah i was i you know the first few recordings i put out for jack were pretty rock rock forward um songs and i just come from so i don't know i've been doing lots of things for lots of years so i it's um in my head even i thought maybe it would just be mostly a rock uh band or a project and it didn't feel right you know it just i i I had to i knew i wanted to do more than just that with this project so i um i'm doing it i said screw it and i'm doing it exactly but you didn't do it alone you actually worked with um, a 20 other artists, which is a huge number. I mean, like some people say, oh, I work with, you know, three or four. You work with 20. Um, how did that all all uh, come about? And who were some of the names that you got the chance to work with on the album? It, yeah, it was um, really awesome to work with that many people in this way. And the way we were able to do it was it was partially out of necessity uh, because it was all of this was recorded in the past two years. So majority in the thick of COVID, uh, you know, I couldn't, even when I, when my recovery was done with all my treatments and everything, I, I, I still couldn't really get into the same room as we all couldn't, you know, to, to do things. So we were working remotely and that worked, uh, worked out really well because, it allowed me to uh, work on so many things at once rather than it being a hindrance of kind of anytime I've done stuff in the studio, it's a little more like you have to do stuff. Okay. You do all, all the drums for all the songs first, and then you do all the bass for all the songs next, and then you do all the guitars, you know, that sort of trajectory with the working on the songs, like in a stu- in a studio or even just working on songs in general, when you're recording them yourself. For this, that was not the case. It was completely all over the place. There were some songs I I knew I needed some live drums, so I'd send those to live drummer friends of mine, and they could work on it for however long it took them, when in the meantime, I could then work on stuff here at, at home and do some acoustic guitar stuff. And at the same time, I could send it to my friend to do some extra vocals on that and I was just able to be really productive because I didn't have to wait I mean I was waiting but I could do so much while I was waiting if that makes any sense mm-hmm. so um yeah and I I ended up working with lots of people who have been friends of mine for forever basically since I started playing music and I've worked I worked with some people who I never played with at all uh, ever and I just kind of hit them up and like maybe, you know, there's a couple of people I met on tour with, with various projects. There's, you know, a couple of people come to mind like, uh, Nicole O'Neill. I met her on tour with, um, with FBGM, my project with, with D and, uh, and, uh, we met in Indianapolis and I hit, and we've just kept in touch. We just played a show in Indianapolis once and we loved each other's bands and just kept in touch and, when it came time to do bass for 
um, this song, Ride the Wind, I, ha- I was drawing a blank. I was like, I don't know what I would do. And I've always wanted to ask Nicole um, to work on something together. So I just hit her up and I felt like nobody was going to say no at the time because it was it, it was in the peak of COVID. So it was kind of like all the excuses <laughs> are gone. You're just like, I know you're just sitting at home right now. So <laughs> will you help me with this? Um, so it's a lot of that mentality uh, in in asking for these these things, and and it was true. Uh, so many people just came through and were willing to help and um, do some pretty awesome stuff. So I have been amazed at the number of artists who have released albums, uh, books, who have uh, who have uh, laid the foundations for movies because, quite frankly, they had so much time on their hands. And it's really encouraging because I know that there was a period of kind of drought where like everyone was so depressed and upset they couldn't really bring those creative energies to the forefront to make their music. So, But at the same time, it's been really cool to see like after that point, everyone's like, you know, you know, putting an album, writing a book, publishing a comic, all these things. You And I think for a, a, like a lot of folks, the creative experience was kind of their their therapy. I, which leads to my question, eventually, um, was that the case with you? Did this really help you to kind of cope with your own personal crisis, uh, but also the global crisis? Yes, it definitely did. I mean, that's the thread that holds the whole thing together, basically. It's uh, it's that. It's um, processing it all. Not all the songs are about, a, you know, they're not all about specifically my you know my cancer journey or or um you know the other things uh pandemic the like all the like kind of like racial inequality that just happened at the same time like that was really bubbling up to the forefront and then there's so much that just is constantly bubbling and um yeah it did it did kind of shape all of this. Uh, it's it that's, um, but it's also not any one thing. If that makes sense, it's it's um it's all of it together. Uh, it's a bit, a bit, uh, I guess, hard to describe. Um, but I get you. So it, it it's kind of almost like a summation of. Everything you, everything like you went through, but also everything that you kind of witnessed too, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and to to go back to the 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 that question about about some of the, these external factors and how they inform things. That there's a song the the first like full song on the album is called "Easy to Kill," and it it kicks off with this uh, with this um, with just like news reports in the background from like the Brianna Taylor shootings. And that was something I chose to put into these songs because, you know, I was sitting there going through my own thing and everybody's going through their own thing with COVID or with life, you know, and I'm certainly, I certainly had my version of that. And still in the background, it's just like this crazy stuff still going on. And, um, so that's, uh, I don't know. It just feels like it never ends. And, uh, and that, but that's something that again, to go back to the title and the idea around the album shouldn't stop you from doing what you do and doing what you can 
do to change those things, even if it's in indirect ways. And, you know, there's, there are just so many ways to shut up and be the light. What's, what's your, what's your favorite way to shut up and be the light? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I like that question. Um, my favorite way to shut up and be the light. Uh, I think I like to, um, if somebody is really negative to me directly or even indirectly, I like to kind of, uh, I like to not react. I feel like everybody's very reactive and I think it's good to, to not react right away and to take a breath and generally, you know, I'd say 70, 80, 90% of the time you'll come out on the other side of that thinking like you did the right thing you, or you like shouldn't have acted in that moment. Like, um, I don't want to, I don't know. I guess it's, we're recording this and all the Will Smith stuff just happened. This is coming. <laughs> it's so it's been on my mind, but I mean, that's like a perfect example of where he controversial thing, I suppose to talk about at this point, but I'm just going to go out there and say, maybe he should have just like stayed in his seat, you know, and, and been the light, you know, he could have, he could have chatted with, uh, with Chris later, perhaps. Yeah. That would have been okay. Probably would have been the better approach in hindsight. Instead, mm-hmm. the endless memes. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, the internet is really on fire. Meanwhile, there's a war going on. Right you know, we should probably talk about that. We should, you know, maybe cover that. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Memes. All right, cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, given the diversity of sound and given that this, I think, stands apart from some, a lot of your previous work, do you feel like this is like a new chapter for you as an artist? Yeah. It is because I I haven't um, I haven't owned this kind of vision of uh, of actually uh, doing it of actually doing all these things and putting them to to tape or like recording them. I've always talked a big game about, or I think a lot of musicians kind of do, where you 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 say you can you you do everything or Oh, I like all sorts of music. It's not even just musicians; it's it's people, and uh, it doesn't always show. So I wanted to make sure that this was something that that showed that that I was I really do love all sorts of music, and I love all sorts of sounds and types of songwriting, and and it's really just the beginning of that too. It's it's a little, even though it's a full album, it's a little snapshot of what I think could be or could be done or that I could do, you know? So it's, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it in that way. Cause it's just, like I said, kind of setting the blueprint for so many possibilities in the future. Exactly. Exactly. And I really like that you're not afraid to try these new things, you know, try some new sounds, try to release an album that doesn't fall into one particular category. It's really like all over the place. But as you said, people listen to everything. If you ask someone, hey, what's your favorite genre of music? They'll say, ah, oh, not really sure. I kind of listen to everything. I think that this is a good reflection mm-hmm. on the eclectic taste that you have as an artist. Um, and uh, that was going to a question, I think. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that's 
that's a really common thing to to just say these days it's and and people do do that i mean that's our culture now it's you're not always listening to you know you're not always just listening to punk you're you're not just like i i can only listen to punk rock because that's all i will you know that's my thing or i can only listen to country music that's that's all i care about you know people don't do that anymore as much it's kind of like they listen to everything because they can because the everything's changed in the way people listen to music and appreciate art and um so the plus side of it is is that so in a way you know this album ties into that too where it, it caters to that a little bit i think mm-hmm We talked earlier about how this was all done from home because this was all done during the peak of COVID. Everyone was kind of home doing their own thing. Having had that experience of producing an entire album, basically, from your home, from other people's homes, do you think this is your new way of doing music? Do you think you'll you'll go back to the more, like, traditional methods? I love this way of working. This is, it's proven to be my favorite way of, of working on stuff. I, um... I have really no desire to work on anything any other way at this point. I I don't, I, there were so many times that I felt like this is how I should be working rather than this is how I shouldn't be working. I, I never felt those hurdles. I actually feel, have felt them more in previous projects, working on things in traditional ways where you kind of have to work within like a certain amount of time or with the same people or with a, an idea that you're holding yourself to or like an ideal or whatever. And, and I let all that stuff go and I could just do truly however I wanted to do it. I could do it as long as it wasn't traditional. Like I couldn't go into a studio. There's, there's only one song on the album that was um, actually recorded partially in a studio um, this it, it's the sixth song on the album called "Making Love Till We're Breaking Up," and that was we did string parts and horns, and it was. Uh, I mean that that's a whole other topic of something that I just didn't think I would be able to do in general, and we pulled it off in the studio. But that was the tail end. That was the last song recorded for the album. And it was right around the time where we were starting to like kind of loosen up restrictions so we could go into the studio and be masked and safe that way if that felt okay. But the whole rest of the time we didn't do that. It was all completely remote. And, I imagine how to make my own home studio has to be one of the most Google things out there during COVID because a lot of yeah. folks did the same thing. They you know, pivoted and say, well, I can't go to a studio. That's not going to happen anytime soon. I'll just build my own. And so many folks did that. I think it's really encouraging to see that like entrepreneurial spirit saying, well, if I can't do a, go to a studio, I'll just bring the studio here. So you're ordering stuff and building things. And it's such a, a cool, I think, a cool sea change that, as you mentioned, a lot of folks don't want to go back to the old way of doing things. They say, you know what? This, this works for me. I can work at my music at like three in the morning. If I have an idea, I can go, I can lay the track, I can record it, I can do the new lyrics. It just offers a lot of opportunity, I think, for folks out there. It does, for sure. There's, it's, yeah, from my point of view, it's more opportunity than like hindrance. It's mm-hmm. just, um, 
and especially following through with this project, it really just kind of blew the doors open for that for me, where I was like, oh, okay, these are all things I can actually do. There's a lot of stuff that I um, I asked for help for, uh, for mixing specifically. There's a lot of uh, help in the mixing department, but I, I wanted to mix a few songs myself as well. And I haven't really done that. Um, I mean, I have, but I... I felt like this, in a lot of ways, is the first time I really took it seriously. There's a few songs in the album that I mixed that I was like, oh, I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. I thought I was going to have to ask for help with that, and I didn't. Like, they sound they sound good, you know, and um, I'm excited about that. And then it feels like with every project, it comes, I become slightly more reliant on just myself instead of other people. Um, so that's a good feeling. Yeah. That's that said, I absolutely love all the um especially, especially all the stuff that got mixed by people who were not me. I mean, it sounds amazing. Um, there's there's a shout out to uh uh the those folks. It was uh, uh Benny Grotto mixed a few songs from Mad Oak um over in Alston and and Adam Taylor mixed a few songs. Um out of a, a studio called Bang a Song in uh, Gloucester, and then Annie Hoffman mixed a song, um, in up in Maine, and um, I think from I'm you know I'm listing these people. I feel like I should uh, make sure I don't forget anyone. I think that was everyone, and then myself. I recorded a bunch of a bunch of stuff too. So. Mm. You talk about the opportunity. I think that's that's definitely the key word there. And like especially in your case, you got to work with all these different artists, some hundreds of miles away, working with different studios, some close, some far. It definitely, I think, gives you the opportunity to I think just do the perfect album because it's like you work with the folks you want to work with, you're not limited by distance or or even like cost, you know, like cost becomes a very different thing. Uh, so I, I feel like this is this is a really good example of like what you can accomplish in this new age. Absolutely, um, it's it's pretty amazing. It's uh, I'm still kind of like I you know I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I just feel, <laughs> I just feel like it sounds really good and and it's it was a it was a risk to do that to do it this way. I got to say because. Um, I didn't know for sure if it would all make sense. So, you know, if you work in in a studio environment or you kind of just make that investment, you you almost sort of know it's going to just make sense in the end. And this, I really did not know. I mean, I I was there's nothing the same about any one of the songs, and I was really taking a gamble that they would all work together, both from like a thematic standpoint, but also from a sonic standpoint and how to record them and how to mix them and and master them and all this stuff. I just, uh, it was a bit risky in that way. I mean, I didn't have anything necessarily on the line, you know, it's not, it's not I didn't, I didn't have the label breathing down my neck, you know, this is <laughs> self-released, but it's, uh, you know, uh, it, it could have gone the other way. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Is there, an, is there a particular song on this album that you feel really represents you above the others? Yeah, there's one, there's one song on the album that uh, I really, really like. 
and it's called Slide Back Down. And it's my it's my personal at this moment, it's my personal favorite. But I think I mean I'll find out when everybody hears the album. It hasn't been one of the singles. It's um it's it feels like kind of like one of the quieter songs. It's um it's not super in your face. Uh but there's something about it, the emotional tone to it that feels like that that's me. And I, I can't even quite put my finger on it. There's just a there's a it's the album too. It's there's a lot of hope in it, but there's a little bit of like there's a melancholy to it. There's some a little bit of weight, but there's you know, it's 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 major, it's you know, you can tap your foot to it at the same time. It's so it's a little bit of everything. I really like that song and how it came together. So that's that's probably the one I'd point to. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like the standout um like sonic moment either. It's kind of really um kind of subdued in a way, but I think there's some strength in that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Like I would say if I were to pick one of the more intense songs, maybe um uh, Japanese Butterfly. That was definitely one of the more like intense like rock songs. But then following that is Making Love Till We're Breaking Up. Way more mellow, but still stands out in a very different way. Um, and one thing I really liked about your music too is that you put a lot of yourself into it, a lot of your heart and your soul into the music. But has that always been the case? Because I think when it comes to your music, I mostly know this, of course, and also um, um, FBGM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh I've definitely always put that put everything into the music no matter what the project is. And I think actually FBGM that that project really shaped a lot of how I've approached Jack and that's very songwriting centric that that collaboration that we have together as FBGM and it's very much about getting to the heart of things. And I never really had a partner in that department as much as I do with D and and through FBGM. Um, And there's, there's a a special thanks to D in, in the liner notes for, for shut up and be the light because um, they're just such a, uh, you know, they've been such a great partner for me in exploring that because a lot of what we did, what we've did and what we've done with FPGM is to explore songs and really get to the deeper meaning of them. And any other project I've I've done, I've I've always thought of that myself. I'm I'm on that wavelength, but maybe not all my bandmates were. You know, maybe some of them are more interested in um different elements of the music which is where the strength of that comes from but i yeah i gotta say it was very kind of enlightening and game-changing to finally have a partner in those things and to see that and um yeah a lot of these songs are came out of those have come out of like those writing sessions and rehearsals with fbgm and and even stuff before that and it's uh yeah it's coming from all sorts of sources and uh yeah mm-hmm. 
given that this is your debut album, um, do you feel like this is your I've arrived moment, even though you have such a diverse and rich musical background? A little bit, I do. Yeah, it's uh, like I, I said before, I don't know if I said it in these words, I guess, but it's it's the sort of project I've always wanted to do. And by that, I mean, I've never really put out an album like this before. I, I like like I was saying before, I've I've talked a big game about how all of my other projects before this were eclectic and, you know, pulling from all sorts of of sources and referencing different things and showing appreciation for this and that. And that's all true, but it's uh, I don't think it's ever been as apparent as it has been with this album. So um, I'm very uh, proud to have finally like gone there and done that with this, with this project. It, it does feel like a bit of like a rebirth or uh, like a, yeah, just a fresh start in a lot of ways um, for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Why else is it a fresh start? What are some of those other reasons? It feels like, uh, you know, I, I've gone through a lot in life in just the past two years and that's, um, that all feels like a fresh start. You know, I, when you come out of a kind of a health situation, like I, I had, you, you've changed, you know, there's no way around it. It, You're probably not going to come out of that changed in some way. And that's how I feel about it's informed this project. You know, it's, it's informed kind of, approaching things with a uh with an attitude that's uh kind of like I don't I don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> I don't care. It's like what else are you going to throw at me? I I'm just going to do what I want to do and screw it, you know. Who who's going to stop me? Mm-hmm. You know. I like that. I really like that. All right, let us uh, move on now to the album art because, of course, this has been a lot of different um, iterations because you did like a different album art for each single release, and that was Donuts. Now, personally, I was thinking there might be some road pie, but if it had been an in-joke, folks, if you haven't, if this is confusing you, listen to the past interviews, you'll get it. Um, how did Donuts come into play as the album art, and is there like a meaning behind that? Yeah, there is. There is. Um, I definitely, yeah. So early on, I, I I knew I wanted to use the donuts as kind of the symbol for the album. So there's a there's a couple reasons for that. One of them is I feel like everybody loves donuts. Like it's it's hard to find somebody who's like ew donuts. You know, <laughs> everybody's kind of like if they don't love donuts, they're like I will tolerate donuts. You know. Um, I don't think you'll find too many people, you know, picketing against donuts. So yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like unless it's like a health reason, there everyone yep. wants donuts. And no one's gonna say no to that. And if they do, I don't want to know them. I think we yeah. can just you yeah, know exactly. pass along, agree to disagree, <laughs> but see you later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I wanted to take this food that I felt like everybody loved and. And the, the twist with these, with the single art and the album art is that the donuts are, we purposely did not photograph like the picture perfect donut. You know, each one is a little messed up. 
and that's what the album feels like a little bit and that that's a very kind of i wanted it to be a fun visual but i also wanted it to be something with some deeper meaning you could dig into and i know it sounds really silly to to talk that way about donuts but uh i mean what else it's all silly when you really get down to it so um but there's there was a meaning attached to them for me and i thought that uh it could elicit something for other people just seeing these these donuts that are a little damaged a little messed up a little um you know they've seen seen some some things and uh that's that's what i i wanted to put forward <laughs> these donuts have seen some things that's uh that needs to be a book title at some point i think because yes <laughs> absolutely that'll be the, my next my next project there you go yeah. there you go yeah. that must have been a fun photo shoot though just to take the donuts and just kind of like mash them up stomp them a little bit tear them to pieces yeah yeah i have you know it's probably the only thing i wish i was there for in terms of these collaborations so the the photographer who did them is my friend nikki and she did an amazing job um on all of this and like above and beyond even what we had talked about early on because i had pitched her this donut idea and she very kindly was like down and kind of willing to discuss the philosophy of donuts and (laughs) that sort of thing and, and let it inform everything and she she said she had a lot of fun doing it um i was not there for it it was again peak covid um but it's i think it shows i think it shows how much uh destructive fun was had especially in the album the like the album itself the full you people who who have not seen the album art yet should go look and see what we're talking about i but the album the full album itself um is fun it's a lot of donut destruction it's great if donut destruction is not a band name someone get on that make it happen that'll be the project after the book there we go <laughs> we'll 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 start the band together you and i um is the fact that i have absolutely no musical skill a hindrance no, it's fine. All right, we'll, cool. We'll figure something out. <laughs> we'll figure <now>. something out. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. But what is going to be next for you now? Um, you know, this album again out on April 15th, uh, digital, CD, and vinyl format. But what's after this? Uh, well, I finally started uh, working with some people behind the scenes to do some live performances, I hope. So... I'm hoping that that comes together in the second half of 2020 that we could do some some live performances. Uh, still in the early stages of everything, but I've been playing with some uh, some people who have played on the album and um, some people who have not. So it's really kind of a fun mix of. Uh, but they're all people that I am thrilled to be playing with so i'm i'm hoping it it all sticks and comes together and we're able to do some of those live shows so that's that's next i really started this project as a recording project and and never had any real aspirations to do performances 
um, until uh, until I finished like the first few recordings for this uh, project, and then I, I said, "Oh, I think I do want to do that." And then through working on this album, I said, "Oh, yes, I definitely want to do that." Um, I think a lot of these songs are going to be really fun to put together for live performances. I was wondering about that because as you mentioned, some of the folks are were from pretty kind of far away. So it's like, how do you do this as a live show? Do you get someone else? Do you just not do that song? Yeah, it's, we're working that out, I guess. It's, it'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know next time I'm on, I guess. There we go. Uh, but there we go. Yeah, the, but yeah, we, we are going to just do, um, have fun with arranging stuff for you know it's different doing stuff in the studio and then doing it live so arranging it differently and having just having a lot of fun with it that's that's my main goal i just want to i don't have you know i don't have quite as many world domination uh goals as i as i once have i just kind of have these i want to have fun goals at this point world domination is a lot of work it's a it lot yeah, yeah. of work. I think that's kind of like the up the kind of like the other side of all these like, you know, nefarious um Machiavellian schemes to conquer the world. It's like you got to keep that shit running afterwards. You can't just let it all fall apart. You got to keep things going. So that's just a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of admin stuff. That's boring. Yeah, nobody wants that. Yeah. No, no. You want to have fun. Have some, have some fun. Have yeah. some donuts. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Matt as always, sir, a tremendous pleasure talking to you. I am loving, loving, loving the album, which once again, folks, if I haven't mentioned it enough, April 15th is the day it drops uh, on all streaming platforms, in CD format, and on vinyl for all you uh, classic yes. lovers out there. Um, certainly get your copy, stream this as much as you can because the engagement helps in so many ways. You know, favorite it, follow Jack on whatever your streaming service of choice is. Follow the socials, which are at Jack the Band. J A T K. Important to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one to mention. Exactly. Yeah, to Follow him, share the post because, again, the engagement helps so much to just drive up that listenership and drive up that attention. However, you can do it, make it happen. And, uh, Jack, Matt, until next time. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. Okay, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. Big thanks to Matt for joining me. And one more time, the new album drops on April 15th in CD, digital, and vinyl format. However you consume music, this is one to check out. You can follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and check the show out wherever you find podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. To close things out, enjoy Conscious Wonder, one of the tracks off the new album. I genuinely enjoy the diversity of sounds, and I hope you do too. As always, keep those ears open. Are you conscious?